Welcome to a very special episode of All Talk FC. We are back to the League of Nations. Transfer deadline has passed. We have a game for you today and all of our regular crap. Let's go! So it looks like me and Danny has copied Mark and tried to find the most comfortable position possible in the house. Sitting on the sofa, chilling. This was a very last minute change for me when I I was I went and sat down on my desk and then I saw that the France-Portugal game was on. And I thought, you know what? I'll watch that in the background in the lounge. So you went from the west wing of your flat to the, <laughs> to the east wing. Exactly. There you go. So we just watched... Um, Belgium, England. So I don't know if that's a good place to start. What do you reckon? Yeah. What did you think? It's all right. <laughs> did you watch the whole game? Thanks for the pods. What? Did you watch the whole game? No, I did. I did. Um, to be honest with you, uh, two takeaways. Uh, the first takeaway is that um, uh, it wasn't a very exciting game, but thinking about it, most of England's games over the past few years really aren't. I don't think England really play a brand of football where any of their games are going to be hugely exciting. But a great win, I guess. It means that we are number one in our group for the League of Nations. So that means if we win the group, then I'm assuming we play a lesser team, but that's because our groups really work, but not based on my understanding of how this thing works. Uh, my other takeaway is that um, I don't like Ashley Cole's a pundit, and he reminds me that I need, really, really need to speak a little bit better. <laughs> what, what is it about Ashley Cole that you don't like? I think he sounds like me. Too oh. common. Yeah, far too common. <laughs> and he, he says things like that and this and and so do I. I say this and that. So we're going from that to that and this to this. Very good. Well, I'm glad something good came out of that England-Belgium game. I did... Um... Notice at the end, Ashley Cole uh, pretty much said word for word what Gary Neville said in commentary about not liking Trent as a right wing back and that he should be a right he's back. He's not original. Like, he, he does that a lot, Mark. He does that a lot. Oh, he copies a lot of what I people did think say. He just copied him, yeah. Does he actually even know the difference? Like, like he, he said, just... what, Mark, Mark, he, he said this during the, during the coverage. He actually copied what Gary Neville said about Trent Alexander-Arnold. <laughs> oh, that joke, that joke went right over your head. Me. <laughs> well, no, he did, like, is there a in this uh, Zoom? Gosh. Yeah, pause for laughter. <laughs> <laughs> no, come here, Mark. Although he did say that Mason Mount should go to the right, uh, to the, from the right to the left, and uh, that's where the goal came from. So they were crediting yeah. him for that. Uh, Gary Neville also claimed that we've there's we're so unfortunate because there's no players in England who like to play up front on the right, and he forgot that Sancho's on the bench. That's literally where he plays. Is Sancho normally on the right? Always, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why United. That's why everyone's talking about Mason Greenwood because another one who plays on the right, by the way. Uh, that's why everyone's talking about Mason Greenwood potentially 
losing his spot if Sancho had gone because they both take that right wing forward spot. So mm-hmm. Neville does say some good things, but he also says some odd things. Like, we're really unlucky in England not to have any right wing forwards. Yeah, all right. There's two amazing young ones. Um, did you watch the game midweek? I did, yeah. The 3 0. Yeah, uh, you know, I know it's a friendly and probably against a lesser side. But I, I don't know. I kind of like the way England was playing there, and 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 maybe the the lineup. I mean, Danny, but to your response to both lineups is, is what the fuck, basically. But when you really but, look at it, there's not that much option, other options for uh, Gareth Southgate to select. But I did like the way that that England played um, midweek in their friendly, and I do think that I don't know. I, maybe it's because it was a friendly, and there's a bit of freedom with the young players who's trying to show themselves, but. I don't know. I don't know. I, I do think that I don't think there's a golden generation, but we do have some decent young players. I'm just wondering if players like um, Ward Prowse—he's still young—is he ever going to make a, a step forward in terms of midfield? Because today, you look at the lineup, and one of the things that's a glaring, glaring omission is some kind of central midfield player who's going to take a control over the game. Basically, you know, when you play a lineup where you're playing wing backs, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be happening out on the wings, basically. But no one really in the middle. And Henderson's not really going to be the type of player that's going to uh, control midfield, pick out passes. When Phillips came on, um, I think he, he looks a really good player in terms of a player that's going to pick out passes. But I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I, I think we're massively missing a left footer. I, I know Chilwell was injured and Chilwell will come back in, but not one single left-footed player started our first eleven. Well, in any position, in any position. And uh, it's a real problem because you've got... Uh, like a few Premier League teams have it, but you've got Maguire who still plays on the left side of defence, but he's better than Dyer at it. So we can make do with that. You've got Trippier, who's a right footer, who was playing left back. You've got Rashford, who's a left footer, like uh, right footer, who cut players on the left. We've just got a bit of a problem where we haven't got any left footers in the team. And the only ones really are, you've either got Tyrone Mings, you've got Ben Chilwell. Uh, and that's, that's kind of it. There isn't really any left footers to come through. So that is a bit of a problem because although it might not seem anything, you need some balance. You do need some left footers in the team. Oh, we, Green, Greenwood, but he plays on the right. <laughs> <laughs> just put him on the left wing. But what? So if you put a hierarchy in terms of the, the issues that England needs to address, you think that the fact that we don't that, have enough left footers. It's players... a pretty hard thing to address because you, you can only play English players. So if there's no good left footers, there's no good left footers. I'm not saying that's the be all and end all, but I think that that, does, that would help us with some balance. Calvin Phillips, I agree, was, was great and he's been good both games, but I think because he gave some good balance, because he is creative central midfielder as opposed he did to. come on at a good time today, though. Like yeah, England had, well had found their rhythm by the time he came on. He did well against Wales. I mean, ultimately, England did much, much better in the second half. And as I said, uh, as I messaged you both, what's just annoying is that we're actually pretty good at holding a lead. We're just not very good at taking one. So if we can just score first in games, I think we'll, we'll do half decent. But it's when we can see that you do worry. I know we turned it around and won today, but you do worry. I think there's a few reasons. One, confidence. So clearly that defence was set up because we've got no defenders who are currently really in form. Like, so he's overcompensated to be like, okay, Dyer's not really been that great centre-back. Maguire's struggling. Even uh, Trent's not been his usual self this season. Walker. So it's like, he's like, well, if I have five defenders and two holding midfielders, maybe we'll be all right. And uh, it, listening to Southgate afterwards, he was just like, his plan to have Trippier on the left was that he could play balls over the top 
and the confidence wasn't there in the first half. So he was like, at half time, he was just saying, keep making that run. And he was like, in the second half, that ball over the top to Rashford was on two or three times. And what was frustrating was about three times, twice I remember Rashford being through and then stopping to cut back. And you're like, that's a player without confidence there. That's someone who's like trying to uh, be too deliberate where a young a young Rashford would have just run almost headless, but created probably more danger. So you're like, the one thing with England is like, if we rely on form, so you go into a game against Belgium and, and we're awful for 30 minutes because half the players have been battered in their club in their club team the week before so the second half's a lot better because I think they, they realise they're not, England are actually we haven't lost many games in the last couple of years but unfortunately our, our English players club teams aren't firing at the minute so. It's interesting you say about wrestling because I remember one run specifically where he was goal side um, on the opposite side of Boyata and any other thought? I wasn't sure if it, it's an interesting thing you say confidence or if it's a player that just has a better understanding of his body or positioning. Because most forwards or most players, they've got the defender behind them. They'll just ride them all the way to the goal or get fouled or, or stay on that side. But for some reason, he decided to not go right towards the goal or go forward. He went left, cut back, and then just gave gave himself the opportunity, gave the defender the opportunity to get between him and the goal. And then the second guy come and he just passed it back. So... Yeah, he did that twice. And I was just like, two years ago, I don't think he does that. Two years ago, I think he just runs into the penalty area. Maybe Probably few- runs straight off the pitch, but at least like creates a bit of danger. And that it's, it's being too safe, isn't it? Well, do, you, do, you think, do, you think, do you think this do you think has a lot to do with the coaching? Or, you know, could he have said something to, could Gareth Southgate say something to him like he did with... Um, Trippier about just being a bit more attacking. It's still, he's still sort of cutting back every time. Was that just kind of like, because in that instance, and if it's just a confidence thing, I'd rather just bring in a player that's actually going to have a go. Bring in one of the younger players, see what they can do. Well, he's, he's got the same problem for Man United at the moment. They've also got a confidence problem, and he's also doing something yeah. similar. He's not. He's just he's taking the ball on the left, cutting inside, giving it back to Shaw or whoever, and then they'd start again. I think there's this. Uh, you know, we started the first seven or eight minutes. We we said it, didn't we? We watched it like, oh, England look like they're passing with some efficiency here. They're passing it quick and they look confident. And then like Belgium, one attack, confidence was just, it's like that confidence wall. It's just so thin. It just yeah. takes the littlest thing and it breaks and then you've got to slowly build it back up. I think I think we were a little bit fortunate to win the game overall. Um, obviously, we, we should have scored a couple more. Kane's header and Rashford's chance probably should have flattered us in the end. But... Um, either way, we got the win. It's a competitive game. That's all you can ask for, really. I think you're right. What you say, yeah. we're never going to have. We're not going to. We're not going to go and steamroll uh, the number one team in the world. You know, four or five nil. We're not going to create loads of chances. We have got to stay tight, and I, I think it did all right. I don't know. I think you're yeah. maybe then giving Belgium maybe a bit too much credit because I just think that game was for the taking. You, they they're ranked number one in the world currently, and to me, they didn't look like it. It's not like they bossed the situation. Um, I don't know if it's another thing where similar to Man City, where they just rely on De Bruyne doing a bit too much for them. But I don't think that Belgium really gave us much issue. It was a stupid, dire tackle that gave yeah. them their one goal. And, I, you know, based on... Ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely ridiculous sliding tackle. What annoys me is that then for the next 20 minutes, all they talk about is 
Man United's mistake letting him go. Uh, like, should Chelsea have kept Lukaku? And then you see for 70 minutes, why they let him go? Because any other chance, twice Lukaku got great balls fed into him. And he just kicked the ball as hard as he could straight at a defender right in front of him. Or his touch wasn't good enough and he lost it. And then you're like, well, that's why. Don't focus on the one run he did to get the penalty and be like, oh, look, they've made a mistake. Be like, well, how was he across the whole game? And you're like... I have to say, though, he did the exact same thing. I don't know, did you watch the uh, Inter Milan-Sevilla game, which was the Europa, yeah. Europa League semi-final? It was like five minutes into the game, Diego Carlos did the exact same thing Dyer did. Like, same position, born over the top. Lukaku skinned him. He's chasing after him. And it's like he waited for him to be in the box before just doing this ridiculous lunge. And it's so funny. It's such a, a like spot on the same thing that Dyer did. So I don't know if it's something Lukaku has there. I just, it just puts fear in the defenders. Like I, I can't let him go. Yeah. Why did and why I, I was expecting Dyer to just go straight in shoulder to shoulder and try and I think he was scared of him. He thought, if I, if I get unmuscled here, he's through. But reality is, let Lukaku through on his right foot, you yeah. know, angle. He's, he's, you know, I'd rather that. But. You're actually better off leaving him because if he's got time to think about what he's doing, he, he doesn't know what to do. Where if he's pure instinct, he'll score. So sometimes with Lukaku, let him go. Give him, give him all the time <laughs> in the world. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Is Eric, is Eric Dyer the new um, Jones? Yes. <laughs> he is the new Phil Jones. The, the all or nothing documentary would have made him look like he's like the next big thing. And Jose wanted him since he was a a, a teenager, and he's trapped him everywhere he's been. And and all it takes is just a little bit of unlocking. So at this point, I think Eric Dyer for me just isn't the quality of player that we need. I mean, I, I don't know what you do with that because you know we we grew up in a generation where we were so we were so. Um, we had so many centre backs, but you, you didn't know who to pick. You know, it was such just a, a carousel of, of players that you could pick for centre back. But now, I, I just don't know where you Terry, can Terry Campbell, Ferdinand, like it was just ridiculous. You take Ledley King at this point. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Ridiculous the quality of centre back we had. Cahill, not Cahill. Yeah, Cahill. Southgate. Even Southgate, yeah. Yeah, yeah when we, well, 2004, when. Um, when Ferdinand got banned for the Euros because of the drugs test, they actually brought John Terry into the squad. So that tells you how strong our yeah. squad was when John Terry weren't even in it. Yeah, but like, Matthew not even Upson, sub. I think, was Matthew Upson, I think, was uh, partnering him then. So Upson. it was Cam- a little no, more was... about the manager selection, maybe. No, it was Campbell. Uh, it was Upson, Ferdinand. Yeah, Matthew, no, it... no, it was Campbell and Ferdinand were our starters. Yeah. And then. Our backups were Carragher, uh, Carragher, Carragher, and someone else. And Terry came in for Ferdinand. Uh, 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 not Bridge, but Wood, uh, fucking hell, what's his name? Woods, Woodgate. Woodgate, Woodgate. Yeah, maybe Woodgate. Anyway, that was that was a different time. You're right. So I, I think um, lots of people were talking before, like we talked about the formations, and the formation was a bit weird. But ultimately, he's gone back to his five at the back, which. To be honest, when you look at the players we have in the team, I think a lot of people are arguing I oh, should go back to his four-four-three-three that he, he, we'd had for the last year. But I actually think five at the back suits us because, as you said, we've got look at our centre backs. Realistically, if you take like the Gomez's, Maguire's, Cody's, those kind of guys, they're probably not strong enough to play a back four 
in proper international football. So you need a back five because then the three of them can protect each other, but you need good wing backs. And I'd, I do question whether Trent is a great wing back. I think Kyle Walker would be a great wing back. Um, and I think Chilwell. I thought would be Walker did well as the. He is, the but right he did side. well in the, in the World Cup. Like I, I think he's he's a good player in that position because he's not a bad defender and he's just he's so. The, he's like Colo Torre in the sense of that his timing is off and his defending's not strong, but he's always quick enough to recover. He's got two chances, so if he doesn't, if he lets the runner go like he did with Lukaku on one chance, he's back and before Lukaku's got the ball under control. He's so quick. And, he, and he's, so and he's like, stronger. And he's powerful. He's not going to get muscled out yeah. by many, many players. Um, yeah. He's got the ball. He's got a, and I agree with you. I don't think Kyle Walker's a bad shot, shot out at all. I mean, Rhys James came in and he could be an interesting... He plays wing-back for Chelsea. He could be an interesting option as well. Um, it is weird to think, considering Trent's last two seasons, that it, we're talking about him maybe not even being in the team. And yeah, potentially our best player. But... Uh, I think you have to cater for the fact we don't have these world-class centre-backs that can that are really suited to playing about four. But then that is a problem because you're going to play Rice and Henderson. You're left with you've only got three positions on the pitch to fill as an attacking position. How are you going to create anything? Because you're going to play Kane, you're going to play Rashford or Sterling or Sancho, and then you have all those other creative players like Foden, like Mount, like Grealish, like. Um, uh, Madison, all of that, they're just not going to get in the team because you're too defensive. So it is a, it is a problem. I guess it just depends who we're playing. But uh, yeah. it's, it's just none of them are really like standing out at the minute. Like Sterling's been off form. Like you got Kane and Calvert Lewin seem to be pushing each other, but no one else really is jumping. Rashford's not really that great at the minute. Green Greenwood isn't like. Grealish is okay, I guess, this season. But like you want some you want players to be almost undroppable, isn't it? Like, Grealish is brilliant. I, I just I can't understand how he doesn't get in. I know Mount scored, but six, 70 minutes of that game, Mount was really lost. He didn't do a lot. That is literally Grealish's position. He loves that playing out on the right, cutting in. Uh, look how he created so I know he's good in Wales, but he did so much against them. That's the kind of game you'd want to play Grealish because you need creativity and that's what he gives you. But yeah, Mount, Mount got his goal. So, yeah, you, you say yeah. it's only against Wales, but all Grealish can do is 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 take the opportunities that come to him, especially when it comes to England. And he was probably, <laughs> I mean, I can't. Uh, I was I was a little bit. I've had a few drinks while I was watching the game, but I can't remember thinking or seeing of any other player that stood out more than Grealish did. And I don't know if it was because it was the one Welsh player that just kept hacking him down like a like a lumberjack, but. Um, yeah, Grealish was outstanding. I think that he does need more opportunities to, to to have a go at the England squad. The thing with England, it tends to be that all these players come into it and they're young and they're fresh and they're vibrant. They look good and all of a sudden they start getting stifled and it doesn't look like they have as much um, adventurousness from them or, or just, you know, just a, a will to take over a game. So, it's, you know, it's really difficult to think that this is going to be an England side that does well in, in our lifetime because it just seems to be, even with the golden generation, as soon as they start playing for England, I don't know why there's this culture of just start to regress. So don't play like you do for your clubs because, you know, you're talking about Trent Alexander-Arnold possibly not being in this side. He's, you know, arguably, if not the best right-back in the Premier League, playing for the best one of the best teams in the world, if not the best team in the world. And he stands out as a good player. The fact that if it comes into question whether he should be playing right wing back or right back for England, I, 
it makes no sense to me. Just just saying it out loud is, is strange. But depending on, on, like you said, the personnel that we have, the centre-backs, the centre-mids, maybe playing at centre-mid for, for England. Maybe that would sort of bring a bit more, um, you know, control. Unfortunately, but I, I, I don't know. The one thing I will say um, about Southgate, I know he has his critics, but I do, I do trust that Southgate would, in exactly what you're saying, where you would go, well... Trent is the best right back in the best team in the best league, so he 100% has to play. I do think Southgate will look at it and sometimes go, actually, if that doesn't work or doesn't fit, I think he's bold enough to make the decision not to. I still think he'll play. I still think he's one of our best players. Yeah. I don't think his position should be questioned, to be honest with you. So I disagree with you there. It's more less about his but, position, it's more about whether it fits with the other personnel we've got. If we need to play a certain formation, and he doesn't fit in that formation. You just have to accept. And you have to take recent. So, how, how much does recent form come into question? Because like Trent hasn't been that great this season. Like yeah. he's literally coming off the back of conceding seven. So it's like it's harsh. Yeah, no, all... but it's not though. It, the seven, like, but but then you do look and you're like, well. They weren't planning on bringing Rhys James in the squad. And then Rhys James apparently has been like unbelievable in training. So you're like, yes, Trent has been the best right back in the league for two seasons, but in the last two months, he hasn't. So that has to come into play. So he's he's started today because the two years worth of goodwill has has stuck by him. But at some point you have to say you need to get back into form. Like I think yeah, that's a so bit, if this was like I don't know if we're turning into this this TAA hater pods, but I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm definitely on the other side of the argument. I mean, let's not be too rash about it and bring in Reese, who's been very good. I'll still stick with um, Trent for the time being. No, but he did as backup in case. Yeah, I mean, and it'd be it'd be nice because when Reese had come on, he was pretty good and and. You know, it's it's one of the things where at least in one position we're going to have some some probably good competition because when you look over the entire squad, where are we looking at good head-to-head competitions with personnel? They said they were talking to Mount afterwards, and he, you know they were talking about Grealish playing in similar positions and having that competition, but we just don't have enough competition as well, I guess, in certain positions. Not a centre back. I don't know if a goalkeeper we should have more more competition, even though Henderson's not getting much of a chance or hope um, forwards. Yeah. Pickford's never really let England down, in fairness to him. Like, I know he's had the odd wobbler here and there for Everton, but he hasn't this season. Yeah, you're right. He's always been good for England. Yeah, how can you go from that, from talking about club form there, about Trent Alexander-Arnold, and now you're like, well, he's not been that bad for England in Pickford. Pickford has been good this season. No, but he has been good this season for Everton. He's been good for England. I'm not sure. Everton right. just went and bought another goalkeeper in the transfer window, on the last day of the transfer window. I, I think they are looking at Pickford as probably not the long-term solution. The issue is, he's the same height as, as us. <laughs> That's the problem. He's a goalkeeper and he can just about reach the crossbar. What That's... do you mean us? <laughs> you sure us. <laughs> <laughs> same height as you, maybe. <laughs> We're all the same height as us, Mark. Yeah, all the same height. Jordan Pickford is six foot one. Is he? So, well, Danny, you're like it's same five height, foot yeah. eight. 
The same height Chris as is me. like five foot six. So, uh, <laughs> five foot six. Get out of here, man. Chris is five foot five. Shrink. Shrink. He shrinks every year. <laughs> well, now I'm old beyond my years, but I'm not that old. <laughs> um, should we talk about transfers? We're done with England. Any yeah. last thoughts? Uh, it's coming home. No. What, the League of Nations? <laughs> Yeah, it was good fun. Do you not remember the finals last year, the, the Nations League finals, where we played um, Holland, uh, played Netherlands, and then we played Switzerland? But what remember? was it for? I, I, I don't even know what it was about. Uh, it was, so, it, well, it's to get a trophy. We got third. We, yeah, uh, you could ask that about anything. Yeah. The Premier League, what's it, what's it about? That's a big question. <laughs> to win the, the trophy. <laughs> of the Champions League. <laughs> it's the existential question of what is sports about. <laughs> Yeah. about winning, Chris. Well, no, I don't know what I, I don't understand or hate more is the Carabao Cup or the League of Nations. Uh, well, at least the, the Nations League contributes something. So the Nations League, let's... So this week, you know all those games, so like Nor- Norway playing Serbia and Scotland playing Israel and all those teams, they're in qualifiers for the Euros. Um, the, if the, the teams that got to the Nations League finals, even if they didn't win it, would automatically get one of those spots. So I know we're not going through the whole complicated, crazy maze of how it works, but there is value in the Nations League for some of the smaller teams because you can qualify for the Euros without having to go through the European normal. And, and they can just play teams their their own level. Yeah, you got so, Luxembourg against. I don't know if you watched and, the yeah. Ireland Wales game before England, but you get nil nil games like that. Nil nil. I don't think there was a single shot on target by either team. But <laughs> League, League One against. At least, they, one. at least they're not losing four <laughs> so. nil. Yeah, yeah. At least they're not playing Denmark. Ireland and Denmark seem to just play each other all the time. Mm. Right. Um, so Monday was Monday, correct? Was the transfer deadline day? Yeah. Always an exciting time of the year. Danny, you had an idea of your top three best transfers and bottom three worst transfers or top three whichever you're looking at it correct yeah something like that did you do that i didn't actually do three for all but i did uh, it's your bloody idea man jesus God, you didn't say yes or no you just said we're all going to have the same answers and then you stopped answering me do you know what i did it and i realized that we probably won't have all the same so there's no way we're going to have all the same answers i have mark, got three that i think are the best mark have you got three and three yeah well, no, I, does it uh, free free of the deadline day or free of the window? Just free, just the whole window. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you could do the you window. Go first, Danny. Yeah, go on. You go first, then, because it's right, your let's game. Let's go first. So, let's go our top three. I, I think the the best transfer, as in, it was the best deal money wise, because it was cheaper than it probably should have been. It was done well, and it will make a massive difference to the team. Unfortunately, it was probably Thiago to Liverpool. Thiago. Yeah. I think that was just a brilliant bit of business that was done early, amazing deal, uh, long, got him on long-term contract, not a big wage, it completely improved. Because I really thought, I really thought that Diego Jota deal was quality, and then I looked and I was like, "Oh, it's a nearly double the price of Thiago." Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But uh, so I, I put Thiago as probably one of the best transfer, well, probably the best transfer in the window. I'd say. What did you guys put? I was thinking Thiago just because of the value, but I'm going to be a bit of a homie and say Van der Beek is going to be the best this season because 
the couple of games I've seen him, I actually really do like him. And I was, it'll be a matter of time before he's in our starting lineup. But Rory loves him. I do like him because he's amazing. I haven't watched that much. Uh, the, the few the few times I've seen him, I'm like, he's such a quick thinker. Like everything's one touch in and out. Like a bit my like ex, what, yeah, my ex academy. That's why. Yeah. So that's just me being a bit of a homer. But. Well, I'm going to do a bit of a homer one as well. My my favourite one is Thomas Party. Party, party. Because um, uh, it's Arsenal's uh, biggest sign in his transfer window, I think. Well, do you know, did, you know, did you know who he was two weeks ago? This is, this is classic, right? <laughs> we talked about this a few yeah. weeks ago. You know Not when really. it's like... Clubs just like fans don't care who they sign as long as they spend the most money on someone. They're happy. No, they're like, that's a great signing. I had to Google him, so that's how good he is. Um, Can you say it's the best signing? You don't even know who he is. Yeah, well, that's probably a good thing. But I know who they are. They're probably not good enough. So, um, no, all I'm basing on is one, uh, it's an Arsenal signing, so I'm just being a bit behind there. Two, it's a ready made player because all the players, as much as I like, idea of building up players for the future. It is more of a building, a, a, getting a, a ready-made player. And from what I hear, not from what I've seen, he's a very good player. Um, especially the position that probably, you know, I don't know if we necessarily need a centre mid, a defensive centre mid, but it sounds like he can play a bit of a pass. And it's a bit of an upgrade from Torreira. And Torreira's gone on loan, so it's kind of a bit of a two-parter because I like Torreira and I want him the opportunity to, to improve and then be in the Arsenal squad. So if Thomas Partey could be there while Torreira goes out on loan, gets some more experience and then come into the England, uh, England squad, uh, play for Arsenal, that's only good for us. Are you sure it was a loan? I thought Torreira got sold. Uh, I'm almost certain it's a loan. Let me just check. So the only thing I can't understand about the party deal, which um, for, which is why I, I can't put it in any... Yeah, it's a loan. Sorry, Danny, just to stop you there. It's a loan with options to buy. Okay. Which is pretty much gone, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of that's just for financial fair play reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the thing I can't understand is all all window, you've been going after Hussein Awar from Lyon. All transfer window, that's what Arteta's talked about, Eddie's talked about, that's what all Arsenal fans have wanted. He was available, a buyout clause of £45 million. He was available, Leon are willing to sell. All summer he dragged your heel. He then got to spend more money on Thomas Partey, who's the same kind of player, but not as good as our, older than our, and uh, and you've paid more money for him. I can't I can't understand it. Why? It's the most bonkers thing. Why not just get the target you wanted? Seems really bizarre. Unless you wanted both, and maybe you're going to get him in January. But that's the thing that gets me with that party deal is you spent more money on him, and you wouldn't do the hour deal when it was right there on the table. Yeah, but we we, we can hardly talk as if we understand the, the exact minutia about how these things go. I mean, you were talking about Sancho for for months, especially during the transfer window. And what what materialised there? Like, well, what, yeah, but it's, it's May night we're talking about. It's slightly slightly different. I I know what you mean, but my point is the reason the hour deal. Apparently, I mean, I wasn't in the room, but the reason everyone, all the talk is the reason the hour deal didn't happen is because Arsenal said they didn't have the money to pay it. His buyout clause was less than parties deal. So what's that about? These things are never straightforward. Uh, I just, I, the other thing about it was um, Atletico Madrid were a bit furious about it because party was on, um, he was on international duty. And in Spain, every player has an official buyout clause. And so you don't go to the club to buy him, you go to the league. So, so they went to the, the La Liga and said, we want to buy him and here's the buyout. So he's, it's done. The, and Atletico can't do anything about it. So the last day of the, se- last day of the window, 
So he wasn't even in the club. They didn't even know he was... They thought he'd be coming back from international duty and no, he isn't. So that's weird as well. Yeah, that's strange. Do you know I'm going to go a bit of a homer for my worst transfers and you already know about it, so it'll be quick, but it's William. Just don't like it. Really? Well, yeah. yeah that's your worst William. That's my worst one because especially as... as what well, uh, the, the way in which we've uh, seen Pepe not really getting played and he doesn't look happy about it, understandably... He's someone that needs more game time. And you just you just put in a player who's going to be a stopgap for I don't know what, because it's not like we need to temporarily fill a position. Uh, and he's taken up a place of someone who needs more experience and more, more playing time. Like, you, in my mind, in a way I think about it, he's come to Arsenal, to a bigger club than he was at before, with, with the price tag that came with that, with the expectation that he's going to get a good opportunity to play. And he had that when he first came. And now Williams has come and taken that position. And, you know, if we're looking at a, a player for the future, how do you think he's going to feel? He's going to want to leave. He's going to want to... We're not going to get the opportunity to actually see if he can fulfil his potential a, as an Arsenal player. And worst case, it's going to prove Mark White about uh, Walcott being a, a, a more of a legendary player than Pepe. <laughs> the, the, Walcott is a legend at Arsenal. He's in their, like, top 10 goal scorers ever. He's... Uh, well, it's true. <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. He kept... And the thing is, what, what got, you got to remember, there was about five, six years where Arsenal were just broke. Didn't sign anyone decent, sold their captain four years in a row. And Walcott was there. And they still would, like, make top four. He, context, it has to be there. But, yeah, Walcott, Walcott will go down a bigger legend than Pepe. Yeah, and the fact that we have William now is going to ensure that and make sure that Walcott stays the best player Arsenal's had in the last 35 years. Yeah. So my next... Uh, make the statue. Yeah, my next biggest... Uh, or my next really good transfer, second best. So I was really torn. Um, I, I kind of juggled between um, the two Everton Don't signs. say two. Like, well, no, the reason, say the reason, number two. It's let like... me explain, because between James Rodriguez and Alan, I think Everton... They were the same price. They came across the same time. I think they're both going to have as big an impact. But I'm going to go for James Rodriguez only because I think the uh, what he does that Alan doesn't is that he brings an element to Everton where they're sort of like, oh, wow, we can actually get a potentially world-class player. Like, I know he might be past it a bit from where he was, but his image and where he's come from, the kind of name, I think bringing, Ancelotti bringing him in has had a big impact, clearly, on that team and the confidence. And I'm not... I don't want to get too much on the Everton hype train. Obviously, going to win the league, but uh, I think Camus Rodriguez at 22 million quid, Alan will probably have a bigger impact on the team, but uh, on the, the playing side. But uh, as a team, I think the Hammers one is is massive. Yeah, it's a great well, yeah, I'm glad you said Hammers Rodriguez because my other one, uh, one of my other ones for best transfers is Alan, um, even though you just mentioned it because um, obviously Hammers Rodriguez can have a big impact. So I think the the superstar name signing kind of does inspire probably a little bit out of some of the other players. And, and maybe that's a player where, where some of the younger ones look at them in awe and look at Hammers in awe and see them. And, and I can imagine also Hammers Rodriguez being someone in training. He's just probably one of those real silky guys where he really just brings everyone's spirits up just doing some, some things they've never seen before. But the reason why I like Alan so much is that one, like a lot of players, I didn't know who he was before. And I thought that the Corey signing was really, really good for Everton. But seeing Alan, um, the few games that I have done, 
he looks like he has just like a, a different level of quality, like a pure world-class level quality, uh, a, a level of quality that is bigger than Everton. And I can only imagine that if he play, carries on playing like this, he's going to be a much, much bigger club after this. He's just, he, he just seems to have all the time in the world on the ball. Great uh, tackler, great at breaking up play and can distribute as well, which is something that maybe Decore doesn't have quite as much. But he, he just, to me, the few games I've seen just looks, just looks like a different quality. Uh, weekly, weekly sirens. Yeah, <laughs> it's gone. Okay. Right, I'm go- right. uh, go on then, Mark. Who's yours? I'm going super bait with my second one. Not because I actually, I actually have no idea how he's going to play, but because I'm excited to see him. Is uh, the player who left Madrid, scored more goals than Brazilian Ronaldo, more assists than Beckham. More appearances than Figo, more trophies than Zidane, and that's Gareth Bale. Just because, like, I actually—he's someone that you actually would watch watch uh, the team play just to see how he does, isn't it? Like, if if they said uh, Tottenham versus Burnley's this weekend, I wouldn't watch that. But if they were like, oh, it's Gareth Bale's first game back," I'd probably watch it, see how he does. So. I think that, and I, I think unfortunately, for I think we're all going to be a little disappointed. I, I just get this feeling that he's probably going to play maybe ten games this season if we're lucky. I know yeah. he's supposed to come back in November, but I just don't think we'll see that much of him. And I think uh, I, I don't think we we will see the player that left seven years ago, whenever it was. Uh, he's still a great player. He still upgrades their front line, but I, I'm just a jury's out for me. And they're talking about getting him for another year, and I'm thinking. That's a lot of money for a guy who's not going to play a lot of football for you. I see. I don't. I I really don't know how he'll be, to be honest. But I think he's. He obviously there was more than just his performances at Real Madrid that was an issue. So a lot of off the pitch stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm just. I I just think once Gareth Bale comes back, his first game back, we'll all want to tune in. So just purely it's for funny that, that alone. The- so Bale, I've put him down as my uh, second least favourite transfer because as an Arsenal fan, now I actually have a bit more fear in me that Tottenham are going to once again finish above Arsenal as opposed to the other way around. So if he does come in... No, I've come down with this, Chris, aren't you? It's like the start of the season, it was a joke. Then it was all... Then it was like, oh, Tottenham are going to be nowhere near Arsenal. I was like, <laughs> now they're winning the league. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was before they had Bale and they had potentially the best front three in the league. I mean, for goodness sake! The, the uh, funny thing about they, they, they look with, with Spurs is that their best signing no one really talks about that left back Regulon, who I know Man United were tracking for about two years. Um, he's he's a really good player. I don't know. I don't know if it's an attitude thing. I don't know why, but everywhere he seems to go, he has problems. So maybe his attitude is not right. But talent wise, he's unbelievable as a left back. I think that's a brilliant signing, Regulon. So I think I think of all the signings they made this summer, he's going to be a great one. Yeah, but I, just I don't think, know if I'm, I don't know know if I'm missing something. I don't know if I'm missing something, but I've been trying to keep an eye out him um, when Spurs play, and I don't know if I've necessarily seen him stand out quite yet. But I'll, I'll try and keep. He an wasn't eye necessarily out anything special. He wasn't that special against United. Hoytberg was quality. Some of his passing really tore us apart. 
But um, yeah, like, well, he didn't need to be anything special against us. But yeah, I just think when I get to the end of the transfer window, I look down the list of names and I'm like, oh, who am I excited to see play? Like, like Chelsea made loads of signings. So it was like, oh, I'm interested to see how they all get on with all their new signings. But I was like, who's the big name I want to see? And the only two I think of is Cavani and Bell. So, well, that's because you're a one timer who lo- you just know football from 10 years ago. That's why. That's because you like players that you've never seen play. You're like, oh, this player is so good. No, I've watched Frankie like Long. Frankie Long's won three. Uh, three He's trending well on football index. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no one is now. <laughs> uh, but I think there's, I think there's some other. I, I, I would say one of the other teams that's done really well is Aston Villa. I think they've gone a little bit under the radar, but I've been really impressed with the window that they had. Not only did they keep Grealish and McGinn, and there was all the talk of them losing them originally. They've got Martinez, the best keeper in the in the league, uh, <laughs> who Arsenal shockingly released. Can't believe that they've got Ollie Watkins. He, he got so lucky the other day, man. Martinez. What? Martinez got so lucky the other week. He made a howler against a team and they scored, but then it was offside by VAR. Yeah. You know, like, oh, that, he got away with that. <laughs> I still think they needed, because uh, they've, um, they've got a long-term injury to, uh, what's his name? The English guy from Burnley. What's his name? I can't remember his name. But they needed a keeper. That's a great signing. Oh, Matty Cash went under the radar. He's, he was a great player in the championship for Forest, And he's the uh, right back when they really needed a good right back. And uh, they brought in Ross Barkley for a bit more creativity. Which what I think... are you doing? Your twenty? Are you doing your twenty best? No, I'm just Aston Villa. Year? I think Aston Villa have done a really, have had a really good window. I think they've gone under. We've the not even finished our top three. You could do that afterwards. If you if you say enough people, one will come good. Talking about the Aston Villa signings, I was just saying. I think they've had a really good window. Well, I'm fine. I'll go with Martinez. Very good. Martinez, Martinez is one of your best ones. Wonderful. That's an expensive sign-in to be your number two keeper in in a matter of uh, whenever he is back. <laughs> Quiet. What's his name? Tom Heaton. Tom Heaton, there you go. Right. Uh, go on, Mark. What's your last top three sign-in? Uh, my last one's going to be uh, Cavani. Cavani, yeah. Just, yeah. Why not? It's got to be. Like, that's what I'm saying. Just, it, it's just... He's, a, he, well, he's proven quality. And uh, I'm excited to see how he plays because if he plays badly and Martial gets better, we can say it's because he's been training with Cavani and Cavani's passed on all the knowledge. If Cavani comes in and does well, point proven. So to me, it's a win-win pick. (laughs) (laughs) I like the positivity. Yeah. Did you have a last one, Dan? No, that that was three. I've I've got a third one. My my third one is um, the loan sign of Ruben Loftus Cheek, uh, only because I, I really like the potential of Loftus Cheek, and I, um, I'm not sure if he's not had lots of opportunity in Chelsea. One because because of um, his ability, or because there's been a lot of other players. But I think that this might be, you know, the last opportunity for him to really prove himself as potentially being a high caliber, world class type of player. And, I don't even know if he's going to get a lot of playing time at Fulham, but it's a better chance he's going to have at Chelsea. And um, I'm hoping that for at least England's sake, um, he proves to be 
a good player because uh, I, I do think he could fill in a position that we desperately need for England. And I think he has the potential to be great because of his, his size and his ability. So, yeah, so I, just, I don't know. Hopefully it's good. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I'll be honest, like, I, I, the Cavani one, I was a bit tongue-in-cheek because I just didn't really want to say Callum Wilson because I think we all mentioned him at the start of the season and because he's been playing and scoring. But that's a great actually, in terms of the, yeah, that's I think that's, that is the difference between Newcastle staying up or not. Yeah. Like, I, I do I do think, like, but it's a bit boring because he's already been playing. Yeah. So... Uh, I'm right. telling my worst, the worst signing of the window, I think. I might be completely wrong, but it, uh, at the moment, um, the nearly £40 million that Wolves paid for Nelson Semedo, that right-back. So not only did they let Doherty go for, what was it, £6 million, £7 million? They then went and spent £40 million on a guy who couldn't get in the Barcelona team uh, to play right wing-back for them. And... I mean, he might become, he might be great. He's Portuguese, so I guess... You did, it's got you did say that, though, it's a bad thing. He couldn't even get into Barcelona. You're going to pay 40 million <laughs> for a, a fullback. At least, you've got, you've got to be good. The irony of it is, Barcelona then went and got Serginio Dest for like, I don't know, 19, 20 million. He's like one of the most hot, hot wanted players in the whole of Europe. He's young, young right back, 19-year-old from Ajax. Bayern were going to get him. Everyone was trying to get him. Barcelona game, and they've made a bloody profit by selling Semedo, uh, which they're not even renowned for doing very good transfer dealing. So that's an amazing deal for them. I just seems so much money for that. How old is Semedo? Uh, Mid-20s, maybe? I actually don't know. Uh, I'm watching him play right now, actually. He's playing for Portugal. I do think there is a, a, a bit of a track record when it comes to Barcelona letting go of some of their much younger players, isn't it? Because you're like, well, they come from Barcelona, it must be great. But you look at players like Delefeo and shit, you know, they, I don't know, they, 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 uh, they, there should be some warning signs with that. But how, how good does it need to be to be someone where it's worth uh, Wolverhampton sort of buying them? Because obviously he's not going to be... He's, he's 26, by the way. 26? Ooh, there you go. Yeah, he's done for. But it just, I don't know, it just seems a really expensive and bizarre signing to me that when you had, and, and to let Doherty go for six or seven million when you probably could have got a whole lot more for him, just the whole thing seems a bit odd. Maybe Wolverhampton gets that Portuguese tax. That's what I mean, yeah. They, they sell non-Portuguese players cheap and they buy Portuguese players more expensive. They do the opposite of all the other Premier League teams. Yeah. Um, my loss... Least favourite transfer is Nathan Ake to Man City. Um, it, they're desperately in need of a good centre-back and I don't think Nathan Ake is the answer. Uh, he was overrated when he went to when he was at Chelsea. Um, he was good enough for Bournemouth, but that's not saying much. And the fact that they bought him thinking he's going to be the next John Stones. Well, John Stones ain't good enough either, so <laughs> I'm not sure what they're doing signing him. Good I, I was, uh, I was thinking new. Ake. The only reason I'm, I didn't go with Ake is because yeah, I think he, I think there's a, a left back in him that could could appear. Like I don't think he's good enough centre back, but Mendy seems to be a, like I don't know what's going on with him. Did Zinchenko le- leave? I can't even remember. Yeah, yeah, he's gone. I feel like he, he left. Did, he didn't yeah. leave. Did he? Sure. Did he leave? I think they were talking about him leaving, but I don't think he did. No, he didn't actually. He was close to leaving though. Maybe yeah, not. Um, yeah, I just think with Ake, 
he might end up being a, a half decent left back. So. The biggest, the, the stupidest thing is that um, City have uh, Angelino on loan out at RB Leipzig. He's a quality left back, and he was brilliant whenever he played for them. Really bizarre that he never got in the team, but no, he's not. No, he's not. He's far better than the any left backs they had. Every time he played, he only, the only games he ever <clears> played for them was the big ones. He would play like the Man United games, the Chelsea games. That he, the only games he ever got, he got put in in those big games, and he never played every any others. So he just obviously didn't look that good. He was in the big games, but then he got sent on loan two years to Leipzig, and he's been unbelievable for them. So I think they missed the trick with him. But yeah, one of those that looks like Robin. So I think he looks Farmers. a lot older than he is. So they probably thought. Ah, why bother? Um, I've got a few. Uh, wait, has anyone, everyone done their three? Mark, you don't even know No, I've some. I, I'm, I'm going to be cheeky and chuck two in, and my two Danny, are Will Norris Danny, and, told you, and Dale. He told you to keep it to one. He told you to keep it to one, and now he's got yeah. two to finish. Well, I'll let you pick. I'm going Will Norris and Dale, Dale Stevens. <laughs> so they, they were the entire Burnley. Transfer activity, <laughs> and they're they're the most Burnley silence you could ever think of. Who? And Burnley's, and I'm just like they've signed a goalkeeper, an English goalkeeper. And well, they a, can't have less than three. North... That's a rule at Burnley. <laughs> yeah, and a and a tall, strong centre back, and I'm just like Dale Stevens. He's trying a... to get. He plays. He's to replace Jeff Hendrick, I assume, because Hendrick went to Newcastle. I uh, see. I thought, uh, has he not been playing centre back for them? He was or a Brighton. Right? Dale Stevens. He was a centre. Yeah, right. He was a centre mid. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm just like sick of Burnley. Like when they came up, it was like, oh, Burnley. Like they're doing it on a budget. Uh, they're doing well, punching above their weight. And now you're like, look, you've been in the league long enough now. Show some ambition. Yeah, yeah. You know? Just, just. Maybe I'm not even asking COVID you to go times. levels up. Covid but, times. They got no money. What can they do? But they're the most Burnley-looking silent silence. You know, um, uh, uh, um, you know the the documentary All or Nothing. I'd love them to do it on a club like Burnley because you'd really understand what it's like and why they can't progress as much as they can. Because I was listening to the Peter Crouch podcast and he was talking about when he went to Liverpool as it being the first big club, and it's like. It's all those little expenses, like the extra juice they give you and, and the different kinds of uh, foods that you have. Whereas Burnley, you know that they're just giving them pie and mash instead of orange slices yeah. at halftime. And they've just got like one bottle of Evian to pass around to each other. And it's not even Evian, it's like Tesco Savers. I've gone blank. There was a manager talking about... He was talking about being at a club and they were top of the league in January. And he asked for two signings. Uh, I'll come come back. Benitez? Come back to me. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. It was someone at a smaller club, and he oh, said geez. we were we were top in Jan, and he asked for two signings, and the oh, chairman went, "No, uh, we're not signing anyone. We don't want like we don't want to finish top four. Yeah, um, that was years ago, wasn't it? Wasn't it Newcastle? Yeah. Was it Bolton? It was Bolton, Big Sam, yeah, yeah, and he uh, and yeah, so it's not uh, Bolton and Burnley aren't that far, are they, from each other? No, and um, so it's probably similar. Yeah, they start the league near each other. But... Look where Bolton are now. Jeez, what a fall from grace that is. They're, they're they're nearly, went out, nearly went out of business. 
they nearly nearly disappeared. They nearly wasn't at Bolton last year. That was they, they nearly went the way of Berry. Mm. I've got a couple honourable mentions for favourite signings. One is Rian Brewster because I've got him in my fantasy football team, so hopefully he gets a good one out uh, from Sheffield United. Wilson, which we said, Hammers, a couple others. A couple of honourable mentions for my worst transfers. I, I actually think, well, Martinez won for one because I think he's getting a little bit too much hype thinking he's better than... Um, uh, it was a big error which Arsenal did. I think that was some savvy deals, uh, a savvy deal that Arsenal did do with the price that we got for uh, sold for him. And, and then Thiago Silva, actually, I think might be terrible. That's interesting. Yeah, we haven't really talked about it. It's ironic. All we talked about in the whole window was Chelsea. And then because they did all their business early, the last week, you just didn't hear anything about them. But they've gone and spent £250 million, like Edouard, their goalkeeper as well. <laughs> I it's think, the most any manager has spent at Chelsea in one window. I think Kai Havertz so. will be a fantastic player. I'm certain of it. But we all, I mean, I said it. it Seventy-one million. Start. I just think you can't go and sign like eight new first-team players and expect to just it work. It just, it's just what well, doesn't work like that. We, we've all seen it happen. I'm really looking forward to seeing Ziyech play though. He's meant to be back when the international break's done. He's going to be brilliant. I think for Chelsea, and there's another deadline day coming, isn't there? It's the championship, the, the English deadline day, so you might see some some movement still. Hey, Ben Rama, you know we were talking about him last week. Ben Rama from um, uh, uh, what they call Brentford. Uh, that that quality play, he's, he's scored 20, 30 goals. So West Ham are putting a bid today for him. Um, so I think he'll probably go because he's been starting for Brentford. So that being surely Watford's going to sell Saar as well. Saar and Dini are both apparently get. There's talk of Dini going to Spurs, which I think is a bit weird. I know they got a Vinicius Junior guy, but um, that's a bit weird. Troy Dini, I'm not sure about that one. Replace Kane at Spurs, and then he'll be our starting lineup at uh, the Euros next year. Yeah, exactly. Well, unless Harry Kane's going to Man United, I don't, I don't understand why you're getting. But that's nice. Right. Um, so, should we do my game, or should we do the Champions League draft, which I know you've been waiting for? Uh, we'll do the Champions League draft because uh, and we've made a few changes this year so um, do you both want to get the Champions League draft spreadsheet up on your computers uh, yeah have you, have you got it there oh, so um, we've made two changes this year I say we I have uh, because I've heard you both and I've responded to those requests in terms of what we're saying so Danny you had the really good idea that we must pick one team because usually we pick four teams to uh, go into our Champions League draw. We will be picking one team each from the pots that were done pre-draw. So I've listed them out. Um, so that gives us a good balance of good teams and bad teams. Um, we get to do our one transfer after every round. That transfer has to be done from the same pot that you uh, take out that team. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, wow. Very good. <laughs> well, it was my idea. It'd be a bit stupid if I didn't get it. There you go. Um, and then, Mark, to your one, I know you love points, so I've increased the points. <laughs> so last year, more points. for win, you got five points. This year, for when you get 100 points. What? 100 points? <laughs> last year, for a draw, you got one point. This year, you get 25 points. I've added minus points for loss, which we didn't have last year. That's minus 25 points. For every goal last year, you got two points. This year, you get 50 points. 
A goal against was minus one uh, point. This year, it's minus ten points. But yeah, that's five. Surely that's too high for goals because it's you get half the points for a goal as you do for a win. A win's got to be more valuable than that, surely. All right, then we'll, we'll do plus twenty for for goals, and then minus ten for for um goal against All goal right. against. Now let's do plus thirty. How about that? Okay. Uh, so it's more than a loss, which is important. Um, and then goals against, yeah, minus 10 points. And then each round after that, I'm just going to do 100 points for each time your team progresses each round. Last year, they went up incrementally, but this year we'll just keep them all the same. So 100 points every time one of your teams goes up a round. Um, after the last 16, you will then drop a team each round from the semi uh, qualifying round to the semifinals. And then, um, boom, we'll end up with one team each at the very end. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. How, how seeing as we've got the four pots, how's the draft yeah. going to work? So the draft's going to work as it usually does, snake draft, where one of us starts, then someone's going to pick the second team. So the next person picks the third and fourth team, and then the second picker picks the fifth, and, and then you can sixth. Pick from any pot at any time. You could pick from any pot at any time. Yes. Okay. Right. So because are we trying to aim to have one from each pot, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, so say pot one, right? Pot one is with Bayern Munich, Sevilla, Real Madrid, Liverpool, Juventus, PSG, Zenit, Berg, Zenit, St. Petersburg, Porto. If you pick one of those teams, you can't pick another team from there. You must go to pot two, which is Barcelona, Atletico, Man City, Man United, Shakhtar Nesk, Borussia Dortmund, Chelsea and Ions. Got it. Then you go to pot three, which is Dynamo Kiev, Salzburg, Leipzig, Inter Milan, Olympiacos, Lazio, Krasnodar and Atalanta. Top four, finally, locom- all the worst teams ever. Locomotive Moscow, Marseille, Club Bruges, Monchon Gladbach, Bashakir, I can't pronounce that, Midtjyllandland, Rennes, and Ferran, Ferran, Clav- Ferran Clavros. Is that right, Dan? <laughs> I don't even know what you're saying. Oh, the, I have no idea how to say that one. Ferran Clavros, I don't know. I don't even know where so they're from. You- yeah, you don't have to pick in the order of the pots that are given, but you get the drift, right? Cool. So, so because this is a draft, like in America, the worst teams from the season before get the first pick. Okay. No argument then. So that means I get the first pick, Mark gets the second overall pick, and then Danny gets the third overall pick. But then you get to pick when you when you win two in a row. Exactly. <laughs> but as the third pick, you get you get the, the next pick in the next round, the first pick there. So sound good? Yep. Let's do it. Yeah. Right. So for my first overall pick, I'm gonna go for the team that absolutely yeah, demolished the league for Danny last year, and that, that was Bayern Munich. They uh, They've had a bit of a shaky start. They actually just got bumped, I think, last weekend or the weekend before. Um, yeah. but, uh, but I think that's just down to this. Uh, it's not just the Premier League. I think all teams are having weird, weird seasons so far. So I think yeah, Bayern Munich probably year in, year out, got a good chance of winning. So I'm going to go for Bayern Munich. Yeah, they didn't They didn't win the other week, but they'd also just played the Super Cup Mark, earlier. So. Yeah. Oh, I really don't know. Um I'm gonna go. I'll stay safe. I'll go Man City. Is that safe? Ooh. That was gonna be my pick. That was gonna be my pick. Really, from Paul too. Yeah. You both really so believe in Man City this year, huh? 
Have you seen that? Have you seen that group though? After, after all these years of disappointment, you're really going to believe in that. Yeah, okay. but, yeah but don't forget, Chris, you can change. Okay. Up. So you're talking about a team that's going to play Olympiacos, Marseille, and Porto. Come on. Mm, interesting. They're, they're the easy number one pick. I can't believe that. Okay. I, I didn't realize it was that easy, but yeah, cheers, Dan. I feel better about my choice. Go on, Dan. So I've got two choices. So they were, that, that's two of them gone <laughs> that I wanted. Fine. Uh, in that case, from pot two, I'm going to be picking, you spelt them wrong, but I'm going to be picking Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's for sure. What's that? It's like he shortened it and then lengthened it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not great. Not great. Um, so you're, you're going to go for Barcelona, yes? Yeah. Uh, that's in pot two. Wow. Here we go. Um, and then I'm going to go... Now, I, I'm torn here. Oops. About... Do I... Do that... Who are you going to go for, Dan? Talk for your thinking. Oh, I don't really want to because you're going to pick them. I've got a couple that I want to pick. I'm trying to work out the best tactic to go by pot here to stop you like picking the one I want from the pot. I'm I'm going to go for pot four. He really thinks we thought so much about this, Mark, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go for pot four so that to protect the only team I want from that group. And I'm going to go for Ren. Oh, that is a great choice. Great choice. Oh I, oh, I actually really wanted them. Fuck. Fuck. That's a great pick, Dan. Very smart. Mm. That's actually annoyed me quite a lot. Fuck, <laughs> oh, Dan. I'm so glad it's more that I've done it now, then. That's a great choice. That's, that's it. Yeah. Go on. Go on, Mark. Oh. All right. I'm going to have much less thought about mine, and I'm just going to go with... PSG in pot one. Oh, up against Man United in the first game week. Yeah, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of goals for him. In that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> six or seven goals there. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Chris. Right, um, Rennes was a great choice, and I, I definitely wanted to spit them out of that last group. Um, because they had a good shot there. Although the, I mean, I don't know. The, the group's not that easy for them. Um, oh, Ren are walking that group. Walking do, you, do you reckon? <laughs> no, they're not going to walk. I think, I think they've got a shot of getting through. They're the only fourth team I can see with a shot of getting through. Um, I am gonna go for. Mm, let me think. I've got two choices here in my head. Actually, let me go for, yeah, I'm going to go for Barissa Dortmund. Interesting pick, interesting pick. Barissa Dortmund. Two, going very two German. Germans. He's gone for the two big German teams. None of us have gone pot free. Actually. Yeah. Just not yet. This is a lot of fun. I like this. We should do this more often. Yeah, the thing is, it's fun. This is fun, and then the rest of it's pretty dog. Yeah, the rest of the, the rest of the game is boring. We should do more drafts. We should find more things to draft. 
We should, we should. I love that as a game. Every, every once a month, we'll draft something different. <laughs> okay. Favorite so team. I need to pick from pop three or pop four. I draft a favorite go... pound in Devon. <laughs> I'm thinking Mitch and Glad back, but I just want to check who's in their group. Into Milan, Real Madrid, Shakhtar. Easy. All right, I'm going Mitch and Glad back. It's my pot four pick. Very good. You picked the hardest team for me to type with one hand, so I'll copy and paste. <laughs> Just put Munch. The fact you want copying and pasting in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Not, we're, not, we're, not all, we're not all computer savvy like you. <clears throat> Go on, Dan. It's your pick. Uh, oh, yeah. So, have I got two again? Oh, I missed one. I should have had two there. I was about to say, you've missed one, Chris. Oh, Unless yeah. You won. Very good. Very yeah. good. Um, no, I don't want much in Glad back. Sorry, let's go back. I'm not I'm definitely taking this. No, well, I'm good. I'm good. Just name your pick. I am. So, I am going to pick and just have a look at their groups. Um... Do, 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 do. Oh, there's so many good choices here. It's unbelievable. That's a tough group. I'm going to go for... Mm, why is this so difficult, man? Fuck, you know. The game's a quick game, I think. I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm going to go for Leipzig. Oh, interesting. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, neither did that. I didn't see that coming. Paris United in their group. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't, see, I'm not a Man United fan, so I don't believe in them like you do. Fair enough. And I was, I was, I was also looking at that part and I was thinking, which one does Danny want to pick the most? And I was trying to aim for that. So it was, it was, I felt like it was one of two choices for that. Um, so I might have gone for There are two choices in that that I want. Um, I guess I'm picking my final two, right? So I need to pick. I need to pick one from pot one and one from pot three. Yeah. Um, uh, for pot three, um, I guess I can tell you because it doesn't really matter. Although then Mark can pick it. Um, there are definitely two there that stand out to me. Um, both Italian. Both. Yeah. Got lots of goals. You're basically giving it away. <laughs> I. Which one do I pick? Oh, I just. Do it. Actually, I was probably looking at the one Italian team. You're not. Um. No. no, no well, there's three Italian teams in that part. Um, I know yeah. which one Danny really wants to pick. Uh, they've started the season again just so well. They're scoring like six, seven goals a game again. I'm going to have to go for them at Atlanta. Atalanta. Yeah. They're just, they're just lethal. They just score so many goals. They, they were my ones to watch last year. Uh, they are. And they've got they the lands who they'll batter. Liverpool, God knows, but they might score some goals. And Ajax uh, aren't the team anymore they were because they've sold half their players. So I think they got a shot. Uh, and my final pick from pot one um, is going to be... Do I go for... Am I going to... I'm picking one group from each pot. Uh, see, they've started the season quite well, but... Uh, you can you can you can talk for your thinking because none of us can pick them. So who who just oh, yeah, right? Well, I mean, basically, it's between Real Madrid and Liverpool. Yeah, um, 
that the only reason not to pick Real Madrid is they've got a slightly harder group because I think Inter Milan and Shakhtar will be two hard games for them. But they love the Champs League. The thing with Liverpool is they are going to destroy that um, team I've not heard of, uh, Micheland from wherever. Uh, and I, I think they'll score some goals. They might concede some, but I think they'll score. I haven't got an English team. I'm going to go for, for Liverpool. Very good. Yeah, I was I was sure about Liverpool or Real Madrid because, like you said, it's Real Madrid's one of them clubs. Like you said, every year they just they want it so bad. You think they'll prioritize that more than anything. The difference is, I think, is who's going to get the most goals. And like some of the teams you pick in this draft, I think you're picking for longevity. So who's going to make it the furthest? And then you want a few that are kind of can come in and out and be a bit more fluid. So yeah, interesting. Go yeah, on, Mark. which is so what you, I'm thinking now because. I You've think, got top three. Yeah. So I think Inter Milan are better than Lazio. But I kind of want to spread my teams across different groups. So I'm going to go with Lazio on pot three. I think that's that's not a terrible shout. I mean, they, they, they should be... They've not got a bad group. It? No problem. It's just Dortmund. That would be a really interesting game, that Dortmund-Lazio game. They'll score goals for sure, Lazio. Yeah. It's just... Inter Milan are a better team than Lazio, but I've picked Mucha and Glad back, so I'll be supporting them. So, and as you say, Real Madrid is not an easy one for Milan. So I'm left with uh, a team from pot three. Pot four. Pot four, rather. For me, the only two that are in the conversation is um, Marseille or Club Bruges. And looking at a group, some. I'm even unsure about the... I'm, I'm still a bit unsure about it from a group standpoint because I think maybe... Marseille probably got the much easier group. said Man City's going to thump them, but Porto and Olympiacos could be either way with Porto. Olympiacos should be the whipping boys of that group. Um, group F, Club Bruges might be the whipping boys of Group F or Zenit St. Petersburg. But um, they could score a lot of goals. It's because I've got this thing in my head that all clubs all over Europe are just going to be conceding lots of goals. It just means how many they're going to score. Um, I'm going to go for Marseille. I think Marseille is the one to go with. I think that's a safer bet. I mean, they're, they're not having a good start to the season. They've, uh, I think they've only won two in like six or seven games. But yeah, they're, um, they've still got, what's his name, his manager? Um, the Portuguese guy. What's his name? Andrew uh, Villas-Boas. Yeah, Villas-Boas, yeah. Yeah, they've got Payet, right? So as long as you've got Payet, you'll be all right. Maybe. Um, it's just going to be... Club Bruges are terrible. I mean, that would have been a bad pick. <laughs> are they terrible? Yeah, they're terrible. Well, they've sold their two best players from last year. So they only got through... They won the league, which is how they've got through. And they've sold their two best players. So yeah, I don't think they're going to have a standard chance. Right, so that... No, that I was thinking... With... Go on, when you were looking at the teams, I was like, oh, they got that Istanbul team I've never heard of. Um and Turkish teams are notoriously hard games away from home. I've just looked and they're bottom of the league. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, they're bad. Like, they're yeah. have, have Turkey got, has Turkey got uh, fans in their, their stadiums yet? I don't know, actually. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That, would be, that would be a big difference. I mean, there's a lot of players that are going to enjoy not being racially abused, uh, so that might make a big difference to, their, to the way they play. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. I think um, 
Yeah, Imagine I, they just filter in. They'll just filter in racial abuse in the tannoys. I, I think Bayern is a is a tough pick. You know, obviously, I, I I thought they were going to win the Champions League, but they've got a really tough group. I, they'll get through it. But Salzburg. The problem is, was is how much better Bayern was than everyone else. They weren't like yeah. They weren't scraping by. They beat Tottenham 10-2 on aggregate, was it? Or oh, without They beat Barcelona 8-2. It's like, even if Bayern aren't as good, they've got a bit of leeway to yeah. still be the best. Yeah, well, like I said, they'll through, but it, Atletico Madrid is not an easy game in Europe, as, as Liverpool well know from last year, as lots of teams know. Yeah. And I think Salzburg are going to surprise people again this year, even though they've got rid of Haaland, they've got a whole load of other players who are brilliant. So I think they've just got a hard, slightly harder group than some of the others, that's all. When, but when you look yeah, at... Once, once, I mean, once we can change teams, Atletico is coming in mind. Like, I just think Suarez... Is oh, absolutely. Effective. Well, as soon as they're past Bayern, <laughs> I'm picking them next week. Basically, as soon as the first <laughs> round's gone, I want them. I should have picked that Istanbul to get first pick <laughs> next time, <laughs> just to be like, I've got the worst team. <laughs> the thing with the Bayern Munich and my reasoning for picking that is like, you know, I looked at um, in the group, Real Madrid, Liverpool, Juventus were probably the only ones that would go up against them. For me, PSG just kind of, maybe I'm still a bit reeling off the finals and just how shit they were in that. Um, and just, they're the winners, so why not? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's yeah, a yeah. very... They'll be right up there again. They'll be at least semi-finalists by Munich. They are by far one of the So then I'm looking at, I'll never get the opportunity to have them back because if either of you had them up, you'll never give them up. And there's certain teams that probably, that will never be given up. So it's like, yeah. it's like, it's like Playing the long game. Playing the long like, game, I like it. Well, yeah, it's like picking the most expensive player in fantasy football the first thing. At least it gives you options to play with. So that was it. So, hey, there we go. That was the much-loved, much-anticipated, high-scoring game of Champions League drafts. Can't wait to start playing then. So, read out to what to the, the teams that I've got. Barcelona, Rennes, Atlanta and Liverpool. Yeah. Mark has Man City, PSG, Mönchengladbach, Lazio. I've got Bayern Munich, Dortmund, Leipzig, Marseille. On paper... Mark, I think Mark's got the worst group. Um, I think I'm. I think it's really close. I think this this splitting it in the pots has made it really even. Made it like an actual group. Yeah, it's good. I like it. There you go. Cool. I've got a game on the, on the Champions League next week or week after. I've got a game. Do you want to play it? Yeah. Right. So this one is a bit of an open-ended one. I'm actually gonna. I'd like to keep this relatively quick and maybe put a time limit on it because it's, is it hard? It's, it, maybe it's a little hard. Maybe it's a little easy. We'll see how it goes. Um, so lo- this week, well, well, last not last week, but this week, um, Calvert-Lewin scored on his England debut. Told you he was good. Um, so what we're going to do is I want you to name... All the England players who've scored on their debut since the year 2000. Oh my God. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I've got, I know two off the top of my head. There's 11 players to pick in this, right? So you can get as many pictures as you want, but we're going to go back and forth, back and forth, and we'll see how we go, all right? So who wants to go first? Because Mark's got two ready in the chamber. So. I think Mark should probably go for I mean, there's one I, I just because I know it's a thing from olden days, I, I assume. But from what year did you say? From the year 2000. Yeah, he, yeah, I know one. Um, but So, Mark, you go first. 
Who would you like to go right. for your pick? I kind of want to say it because I think I know the one Danny's thinking of, but I was the one of them I was thinking of because I feel like he scored on every debut in, when he came into different teams was Marcus Rashford. Is that your pick? Yeah. That's correct. That's funny you say that because, yes, um, Marcus Rashford scored in his England debut. He also scored in his Premier League debut, his senior Europa international debut. debut, his Europa League debut, under-21's international debut, his League Cup debut, his Champions League debut. So, yeah, he's very good at scoring. Yeah. After that, it's a bit hit and miss. Yeah. That's, that's funny because I, I didn't know that. <laughs> he wasn't the one I was going to go for. Oh, who are you going to go for? I think for? I know the one you're going for. Well, Harry Kane, obviously. Oh. Kane is correct. Why was your question in 2000? Oh, because I've got another one, which I'm like, uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but he, that was from years and years ago. But I was thinking Harry Kane, yeah. for certain. That's the one well, I know. I have, a feel, I have a feeling this Arsenal legend yeah, that's scored what, against that's Australia. That's what I'm thinking. That's what yeah, I'm thinking. it scored against Australia. Um, and he's... Uh, Probably only game for England, and I, that was Francis Jeffers. Yeah, Franny Jeffers is exactly what I was thinking. Always <laughs> scored on his debut. The football knowledge that is being displayed right now is absolutely <laughs> unreal. He scored against Australia, and it was his only ever game for England. That is just, I mean, come on, come on, <laughs> outrageous. <laughs> That's what I thought Danny was talking about. Mark, that's exactly, Franny Jeffers is exactly who I was thinking of. And I thought, I'll go with Kane because I know Kane. And I thought, I'll set, now my next guest was going to be Franny Jeffers. Like, I'm out now. I don't, I don't know any others. And the thing is, uh, uh, Jeffers' debut overshadowed another legend of the game in Wayne Rooney. His debut was also the same game. But uh, oh, we know who had the better career. And he did. Oh, that's good. He didn't score in that game, so that's good. I know now. Oh, I'm to pick him. Danny was about to guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, was he going to say Rooney? Yeah, definitely. He was going to say Rooney. Oh fuck! Sorry, Mark. Uh, right. Um, other strikers that might have played a couple of times. You get as many chances as you want here, back and forth, so you can go quickly. Oh okay. Oh right. Well, yeah, but. So I don't understand how we, how who wins. How do we yeah, when the know. list runs out? Yeah, we so get... how many is on the or, list, Chris? Or after five minutes, how many is on the list, Chris? There's eleven. So you've taken three of so the board so first far. To, first to six, then. Right. Um. 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 Uh, England strikers. Michael Owen. Uh, incorrect. No facts about his Michael Owen. Plus, Michael Owen made his debut in the 90s. So. Ah. Also, also that, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's go. I have a feeling, because he was quite good at scoring for England, that Danny Welbeck might have scored on his debut. No, Danny Welbeck did not. Did he not? Uh, no. He had a good record for England. I think there, there, were, there were some good names here you'll know of. It's going to be like some. Is it going to be some good names? You know, it's going to be some really obscure random players who had like one game. It'd be like. Um, well, that was Francis Jeffers, but you both got him. Uh, it'd be. What other one, like one game wanderers? Uh, 
fuck, you know, you know who scored? Um, I have no idea if this was his debut, but how many? He must have only made two or three appearances. Ricky Lambert. Ricky Lambert is correct. Was it? Was it his debut? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, of course, it was his well, debut. That's the game. It was, yeah, yeah, that's the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I remember him scoring, and I thought, how many games did he play for England? He can't play many. No, um, he's he actually went on to score only two more goals for them. Um, I don't know how many games he played, but he retired three years later after his final oh, period for his club. So it wasn't many. He said a quote after that. Right. That's the only moment I'm going to have in an England shirt. Hopefully not. I couldn't have wished for it to have been any better because he scored with his first touch on his debut after coming off the bench. Boom. And he worked in a beat group factory. Nice. Oh, I'm happy with that. I one. actually, this one's a bit of a guess from me. But again, I'm going off someone who used to score quite well for England. And he's got a good touch for a big man. So I'm going to go Peter Crouch. Peter Crouch is incorrect. No debut. But he's the highest percentage goal scorer in English history, whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. I played the percentages. (laughs) Um, Raheem Sterling. Incorrect. Did Jordan Sancho? So I'll go Jordan Sancho. You mean Jaden? No, incorrect. Okay, I'll give you a little bit Jayden. of a clue. That there's a lot that were through the Sven and Eriksson era. Okay. Uh, in that case, I'm going to go for Darius Vassell, maybe? Correct. Darius Vassell. A lot of these from the early 2000s. Um, okay. Darius Vassell. Uh, I, yeah. All right. The only reason he scored in one 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 versus he's... Netherlands. I'm gonna go with him then, just because you said that is. But I don't remember when his England debut was. I'm gonna go with Big Emil Heskey. Incorrect. He would have been earlier than uh, Owen, no? Not earlier, but I think Heskey, he might have been no. before the 2000s, right? Or just on the on the periphery there. What other players would would Ericsson, Swinger on Ericsson, have had? Um, did you know that Vassell retired in 2016? <laughs> that no, was five, I did not know that. That was five years after his last game in 2011. How about um, 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 who was the left back after Cole? Uh, uh, Wayne Bridge. Incorrect. He was not. An England debutant scorer. All right. So Sven came in 2002. So we know Rooney wasn't right. Uh, I mean, it's not just then. There's still some afterwards. Yeah. I'm just trying to think who made their debuts around English strikers. There weren't that many. It's like... um, they're not all strikers. Was it, Danny... <clears throat> was it Danny Ings' debut the other day? I'm going to go Danny Ings. Uh, I don't think it was Danny Ings' debut, but he's not on that. I think, I think it was his second cap, but that was a good shout. Uh, Danny Sven, 2002 Sven, oh, 2001-ish. Uh, I have absolutely no idea. Are there, can you give us some more clues? Like, are there any players currently playing? I've got, I've got, I think I've got yeah, one on so this. Right. 
so right now, the ones that you don't have, there's um, there's two players that are still currently playing. In the, league, um, in the Premier League? In the Premier League. Two currently playing in the Premier League. Um, you've got one centre-back. You've got one more forward. And then you've got some black players. <laughs> why did why does Danny get a clue on his go? That's that's clues for all of you. And he asked for it. If you don't ask, you don't get. So funny, black players. Uh from Ericsson's Penguin. Right, they matter. I said Darius for sale. Um There's one here just glaring you right in the face here. Come on, Danny. Otherwise, we're going to have to... I'm going to have to pass this on if you take too long. Uh, I have no idea. So, I'm going to say... Um, 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 three, just saying um, no. Two. I have no idea. I don't know. Right, right. Mark, go for it. All right. I'll go Calvert-Lewin. Wait, no, he was, that's the aim of the game. I said that. You already said that one. Oh. Oh, That's the point of this game, Mark. Honestly, oh, I was it. I didn't. I didn't listen. A couple more guesses and the game's done. All right, I've got one. I've got one. Got three and Mark's got two. All right, all right. Do I? Should I say my one then? If Calvert-Lewin's not allowed, Steven Gerrard. Incorrect. Um. Um. I think Callum Wilson been in the nineties too. I think Callum played. Callum Wilson played for England. Uh, I remember he. He's, I don't know if he scored on his debut, but I remember he played. He played for England, and he also scored on his debut. Correct. Come on. Yes. Uh, he made further three three appearances for England. Scored his debut against the USA. This but is yet to It's his one and only goal. What's the score, by the way? Uh, you've got four, and Marcus two. Ah, sweet. All right, I'll go... Uh, you then, Mark. I'll just sit back. I'll go Theo Walcott. Incorrect. Mark, Danny, give this a guess and I'll give you some football teams these players play for. What, what do you mean? I've got I'm a couple pick- I, I'll just roll off. I'm just guessing now. So. Go on, then. Are you going to tell us what teams they I... play for, Chris? No, no. Well, only once, you, only once you, you give a guess because it's not fair on Mark. He needs to guess his. Uh, uh, Plus, I started, so the clue should be... Harry Maguire. Incorrect. So, some of the football teams that are left are Man City, Man United, Portsmouth, Spurs, um, Crystal Palace, um, Liverpool... Some of these teams I'm yelling out, they played for these a uh, couple of these teams. Um, Hold on. You, so, can you tell us the two that play in what teams they currently play for in the Premier League? The two that you said. Oh, I, actually, one of them must have been Callum Wilson. Yeah, well, you got them. And then the other one plays for Crystal Palace. So, that's Andros Townsend. Correct. Well done. <clears throat> All right. Said Manchester City. Yeah. Manchester City, Chelsea, Queen's Park Rangers. Queen's Park Rangers? Yeah. The only... I don't even remember he playing for England, but he must have done. 
You know, I think the played QPR City and Chelsea was um, the, the short guy. Um, Ian Wright's, what's his name? Sean Wright Phillips. Right, Sean Wright Phillips. Right, Phillips. <laughs> Sean Wright Phillips is correct. Is it, as in, he scored, really? He scored on his debut. Yeah, he's, he scored a few goals for them. I don't really remember him playing for England that much, but I, oh, quality. Okay, sweet. This one play, you're not going to get Portsmouth. Leicester City, Middlesbrough, Derby County, Preston North End. I'll get out. That's uh, David Nugent. Right, I was just about to say Preston North End. Yeah, it must be Nugent. That is David Nugent, correct. So, Danny, yeah. this is for the win. No more guesses. So, there's <clears> two <throat> more players in this that you need to get. What, clues? No clues. I have no fucking idea. Um, oh. No... Uh, We've done all the... So these are now old ones, right? We've done all the recent ones. Oh, we've still got... Uh, haven't I won? What's the score? Uh, yes, you've got 5-4 first. Five, it's 5-4. So the teams left for these two players is um, Manchester United, uh, Spurs, Sunderland. Um, is this same player play for those three clubs? No. Uh, okay. You can't be giving him clues on on the potential last winning guess. Sorry, now. we'll keep it at that. Come on, you've got two left. And he does. He just uh, he takes long enough to get more clues. Sunderland and Man United. There's quite a few players that have done the United Sunderland trip. Um, which one? He didn't would... say both. I don't know. Um. Right, we need to get you going here. Is it Kieran Richardson? Kieran Richardson is correct. Oh. For the win. Oh. He played for some unfair game. Why yes, is that he's, unfair? Got two, he's got two goals on his debut. Did he? Oh, wow. Yeah. One was a free kick as well. Was it, was it against the USA? Was it America? It was, yeah. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember it. Um, and he, he went on with some young players called Zach Knight, Luke Young, and Andrew Johnson, and in their England caps. Lovely. Matt Johnson was going to be the guy, I guess, when you said Crystal Palace, actually. So, Dan, Mark, can you get the yeah. last team just for just for some pride? Do I get the clues Danny got? The teams they played for? I don't know if it's that easy, but yeah, I'll give you all of his teams. Um, he played for. Uh, Yeovil Town, then Bristol City, then Swansea, <laughs> Cardiff City. Oh, oh, this can't be right. I know Tottenham Hotspurs was his first club. And then he went on to teams like Queen's Park he's Rangers, Southampton. He's a centre back. He's a centre back, yeah. I know he is. I know who went because he went from Swansea to Cardiff. Go on, who is it then? Although, isn't he Welsh? Hold on. I thought he was Welsh. No, he's not. But while he was at Spurs, he was on loan a few times to Yeovil Town, Bristol, Swansea. And then he went to Cardiff City. If he's a so centre, he I think I know who he is. Queen's Park Rangers. Yeah. He had one cap for England and he scored his one goal. Oh, bloody hell. Uh, I don't know. It was against Sweden. Sweden in the game where Ibrahimovic got four goals including that overhead kick. Oh, wow. Oh, 
Uh, he's currently 28 uh-huh. years old, yeah. playing in Turkey for a team called Alan Spior. Because he had 28. Addiction and depression. <laughs> who so, is this? This guy should I, be I like, know it is. I know who it is. is it, Dan? Give it to us. It's Stephen Colker, isn't it? Stephen Colker is correct. Uh, great the only one I can think oh. of that did the Swansea to Cardiff move. Great game, great game, great game. Oh, that was a tough game, man. Yeah, it got tough there at the end. But there you go. Right, I think... I don't. Well, the thing is, I don't know if we're doing one next week because we're all in Devon. So I don't know if we should do the results league or not. But we'll, we'll, we won't do that. We'll just go to our front three, back four. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, you think that's all right? Yep. So in my... Oh, sorry. Should you go first or I'll go first? Um, uh, you started now. <laughs> So. Yeah, well, I've started now, haven't I? Um, our front three this week is Karate. Um, Karate's in my front three this week because, uh, well, there's two reasons, really. One is because of my new favourite series, Cobra Kai, on Netflix. Currently, I think before it was produced on YouTube. This is a spin-off of the old classic Karate Kid, which is also a great movie. But honestly, I'm so surprised by how much I like Cobra Kai. It's such a good series. Do, do you guys watch Karate Kid? film. I don't even yeah. know. What I've watched the original. Not, I haven't watched the remake with Daniel. Uh, with Daniel, you never seen the original Karate Kid with um, Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, of course I have. Wipe on, wipe on. So they've got a spin-off series that's currently on Netflix called Cobra Kai. So the Cobra Kai was the dojo that was against Danielson. Um, who he did the crane kick yeah, to. I know um, that. So they've got a new series where Johnny Lawrence... Yeah, Johnny Lawrence is on a redemption quest as an old man who's an alcoholic who's uh, down on his luck and finds a young man to help um, kick some ass and be be awesome, apparently. And uh, no, it's, you know, it's just a really good series. A lot less to it, quite funny. And uh, I'd, I'd recommend it to anyone. But... Um, it is it's quite, it's kids, also in my front three kids, uh, because show then. I, I don't think so, you know. I think that's very much an adult show. But uh, yeah, no, I, I just think that's um, yeah, it's really, really, really good, good watching. Why, actually, it actually might be. Why are you sharing your screen? It, well, why, why, why are you breaking the third wall there, Dan? <laughs> you bloody bastard. Did you share your um, computer's audio? I think so, yeah. So, um, yeah, Johnny, what was I saying? No, no, it's definitely not a children's show. It actually might be the opposite of a children's show. But, uh, no, it's very good. Um, the other reason why Kawhi is my free is because of the UFC uh, last night. There was probably one of the best knockout um, head kicks you're ever going to see. Um, so the reason I'm sharing my screen with you, Danny, thanks for a minute, is to show you... What happened? Really inconvenient that you um the ambulance. Can you hear the ambulance? They need it. They need it for the whole night. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the timing of that was so perfect. <laughs> yeah. Did you Did you see that kick? Uh, it was a really, it was a bit bitty and grainy, but yeah, I could see it. So, 
We have a, a young man called Joaquin Buckley who um, is against a guy called, I'm not going to say his name, Katana Gane. Basically, tries to kick him in the side. The guy catches his foot. He does a spinning head kick of one foot and absolutely knocks him spark out cold. It's unbelievable. Here it is again. Bang! You're only impressed because you're only impressed with that because you don't watch enough WWF. I see that <laughs> regularly. <laughs> the old insecurity we used to call that. <laughs> yeah, and he was just everyone in there, UFC just absolutely loving the guy. Got all the bonuses, all sorts. So um, yeah, congrats to him. I don't know if he'll be anything good, but uh, yeah, what a head kick. Watch it if you can. In my back four this week is uh, University Foods. So I don't know if you know about this, but a lot of universities have been essentially trapped in their dorms, uh, not being allowed out because now they've all gone to university, these young kids. They've all got COVID because they're all mixed with people that aren't their family. So what universities have done, like um, I think it's University of Nottingham, they've basically been handing them food under the, te- under the doors, like prison food, and they've given them packed lunches with junk food. So things like basically what you used to get as a kid, sandwiches, crisps, chocolate, and a bit of fruit. And it's just um, basically ignoring anyone's kind of dietary needs if they're vegetarians. We've got ham sandwiches. We've got bread that's gone off. We've got muffins that have gone off um, and not taking anyone's kind of thoughts or considerations into their own food. So they're trapped in there like prisoners. And uh, it's actually quite funny. But it's also a little bit sad because uh, I think that the university kids are getting a bit of a hard time during this COVID period. I think they should be allowed to just live their lives, but there you go. Right. Uh, shall I go next? Uh, you sure, if you want to. I mean, it's up to you. It's not not, not my thing. So in my, back, one? in my back four this week, well, one or two. I've got one for each. It, wow. well, I've got more than one, but I'll just stick with one. In my back four this you week. You save one of those for next week when you don't actually have another one. Yeah, well, the reason I'm going next is I think Mark might steal my other one, but we'll see. Um, in my back four this week, though, is uh, the X-Men series. So also Netflixy related. Um, I don't know if any of you have tried to watch the X-Men series end-to-end. You know how like they've done it with Marvel on Disney Plus? You can watch like end-to-end chronologically the whole thing, and it's really good. Have you ever tried to watch X-Men? The movies? Yeah, I... the movies in order, like in order of time. Man's got other stuff to do. So no, reason, I, I, it don't even feel like it was designed to be watched that well, way. Well, the, yeah. So the, pro- the problem with it is that it is supposedly a timeline. It's like one thing happens after another in the different films, although they came out at different times, are meant to have a thing. However, one of the films, which is one of the last films, they go back in time and they change the future. It basically writes off the whole series. So uh, me and Amanda decided we were going to watch, because we quite like the X-Men series, we were going to start watching them in chronological order so we could get the whole story. By the time you get to the end of the second film, the whole thing's a mess. You can't follow it. Like, it makes no sense. Because someone dies, but then in another film, they're already alive. The next film we're going to watch, the guy just died. It literally makes no sense. So um, in my back four this week is the X-Men series, because they did not think through the, con- continu- uh, the continuity of the different films at all. That's my back four. No, did you Google the order that you should watch them in? Yes, and that is the problem. I watched it in the order that they've said, and it, but when you read deeper into it, because I was like, I can't be right. Everyone then goes, uh, there isn't actually an order you can watch it because there's like three different timelines at once all going on. So there's no way of watching it in order. 
it's as if it's as if they didn't put any of the story into consideration, just made a bunch of movies that a lot of fanboys are going to go and watch without any other consideration except for seeing their favourite superheroes. Very odd. Crazy, right? Crazy. Marvel, on the other hand, did a brilliant job of it, from what I had. Um, right. My front three this week is Raphael Nadal. I don't know if you saw... Yeah, I was going to say. I, I nearly put this. I thought you might, Mark. I don't know if you, uh, if you would have seen today, Chris. He absolutely demolished Djokovic. He won his 13th French Open title, and he now ties with Roger Federer for the record ever Grand Slams, which is 20. At the age of 34, he didn't drop a single set in the whole competition. He is an absolute monster. And I think he's going to take, unfortunately, Roger's crown as the greatest. Well, certainly the most Grand Slam. So these are the greatest ever is debatable. But um, congratulations to Rafa Nadal. That is an unbelievable achievement. Well, he, he was going to be in my back four because um, he's losing his hair. But um, something needs to be addressed with this tennis. The fact that you've got Nadal and Djokovic still on the top, it feels like they've... And, and um, even better yeah. for the last however long time. Is the sport just getting worse, or are they really that good? I don't understand why these... They're, the great, they're some of the greatest ever, and they all just happen to be at the same time. Yeah, but at the same time for 20 years. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, your tennis career is quite a long career, to be honest. Yeah, but at the very, very top. I mean, and the fact that he could be... Uh, so, I know he's good on clay courts, but the fact that he can absolutely just demolish someone like Djokovic on clay courts still at this age... I'm calling it, he's on steroids. <laughs> well, Djokovic has won 17 Grand Slams, so there's nothing to say Djokovic won't overtake both of them. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. And Andy Murray up, one day. <laughs> imagine, do you remember those days when everyone put Andy Murray in that fall? The thing is, at one point he was up there, for, yeah, but, but then he got injured. It's, just... it's about longevity. Being a great is about doing it for over a long period. That's why Messi and Ronaldo are who they are. That's why the greats, that's why the Jordan-LeBron thing was talked about, because they do it for such a long period of time. For me, for me, Federer is the best ever still. He just I, made it too easy. I think so. But just, he's the silkiest player I've ever seen. Yeah, very good. There you go. Mark. All right. So, I'm going to trust up front or back. I'll go with my back four this week, and it's uh, peacetime. So there's some negative effects for us not being in as many wars. And um, last week, the army put out some of their statistics, and a lot of our soldiers are overweight. And um, I'll just run through some figures here. So 100 soldiers were given... uh, between 2,000 and 6,000 pounds for liposuction. Uh, 537 have type 2 diabetes now. 18,000 are classified as obese. And one guy got asked to leave the army after he weighed in at 27 stone. So uh, they've said there's a lot of army camps that are just very inactive at the minute. So uh, they've, uh, it's a few of them that's put on a, put on a few pounds over lockdown. So I can relate. I mean, supposed to stay ready, though. That, that, that's something to do with the army in general. I don't know if it's about war. They're supposed to just stay ready. You'd hope so, isn't it? But I guess now uh, most soldiers are basically bots that are computer games. Some of the best computer game players in the world are 27 stones. <laughs> 
I hope I hope Putin isn't listening to this. <laughs> He's yeah. regular podcasting. <laughs> or if he is, we love you, Putin. Uh, we, 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 <laughs> all our, our listeners. listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyone who takes their time to listen to this podcast is is a recognised fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, my front three this week is the uh, not OBEs MBEs. So the Queen gave out MBEs, and there was a uh, a young man that we all know, Arinze. So a guy who was in our year at school, Arinze got given an MBE this this uh, week for, I was going to get the actual. Um, I thought you were going to say Marcus Rashford. Yeah. I know, I, I, I thought that's what you're thinking, but Arinze got it for his services to drama and screenwriting. Mm. So... Yeah, a guy from our class at school. That no one knows. Lovely. Wow. Well, he was in three episodes of Casualty last year. So, great contribution. What did he actually do to earn it? I think uh, it might be a To thing. be honest, I've, I, he had, like, he's done a few little screenplays that, like, sort of, not like big ones, but. He's done quite a few little, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, bits. like indie screenplays. So, yeah. So I did, I did try going on these wiki pages to see had anything happened over the last like year or so to, to, to be it. But I think it's just like, with, yeah, a lot of his old screenplays that he had wrote over previous years have been, brought up recently as being quite relevant so i think in, actually in a lot of instances though the the, the, the entry for requirement really isn't that high like i've met a few people that have had nbes and stuff and yeah it's really not that big of a deal maybe we'll get one for podcasting maybe <laughs> so, services to russia yeah there you go or any, any, well, or any so, world leader that's listening yeah. we don't we don't judge. <laughs> Kim, apparently nah. in North Korea, they've got no more COVID. Whatever you've done, well done. <laughs> Very good at what Very they do. borders. <laughs> yeah. It's all about, yeah, protect your borders. Yeah, they're very good at social distancing. Yeah, <laughs> the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the entire planet. Um, right, so I think we're still undecided about next week while we're in Devon. I'll bring the uh, equipment just in case we have a live studio audience. But sound, uh, good. sound good? Yep. All right, see you next yep. Friday in uh, Ilfrancum. Bye. Uh, yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>